Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Former State Assemblyman Tom Amiano has been on the front lines of the fight for LGBT rights for decades. And last week, something kind of amazing happened. He received his varsity track letter 62 years after his Catholic New Jersey school changed the rules retroactively, preventing him from receiving the letter he had qualified for. The reversal occurred after Tom shared his story right here on KQED, speaking to Scott Schaefer and me on Political Breakdown last December. And it's gotten some national attention since. Tom's here to talk about all of this. Tom Amiano, welcome to Forum. Hey, good morning and happy belated Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, Tom. Um, well, I I mean, this is like one of the those stories that as a journalist, you're, it's just so exciting to see something that you've done actually have real world consequences. Yes. And yeah. um, I was hoping to start, I mean, let's go back. You wrote about this in your book, which is why we need to ask you about it. Um, so you were, you grew up in New Jersey, went to a Catholic school, Italian family. And I mean, tell us about being on the track team. Did you ever think you might actually qualify for a varsity letter? No, I think, you know, in the beginning, the school really just had um, football and basketball. And uh, just to say the cut of my jib didn't really fit (laughs) those two (laughs) expressions. And then in the junior year, um, they decided to have a track uh, team. And, uh, you know, I always make a joke, but it was serious. I like to run, but I really learned how to run because I was, you know, pursued by many bullies in different forms who wanted to do me um, physical harm. I mean, I'm just going to say it. I was faggy then and I'm faggy now. And, <laughs> you know, what can I say? So the the track team was innovative. It, it seemed to appeal. Uh, my teammates were pretty, were pretty cool. We're all kind of on the outside of the mainstream. And um, I had been, um, uh, bullied, name-called, uh, even physically uh, punched by uh, members of other athletic teams, and particularly, unfortunately, a teacher there who was also the football coach. Mm-hmm. So um, to have a coach who was compassionate and understanding and, and actually recognized some talent, um, I, I, I found it very uplifting. And then uh, running particularly uh, suited me. Um, 
people said you couldn't do it because you had asthma. Uh, but I never let that stop me. And um, so they had a point system. And the point system was if you achieved a certain number of points, you qualified for a varsity letter. Big deal. You know, yeah. oh, my God. So we, we had a last meet and I ran a, a, a five minute mile and that qualified me for the letter. Um, however, that didn't sit well with the same people who were doing all the bullying and name calling. And so they arbitrarily uh, invalidated that meet so that I didn't have the necessary points to get the letter. And uh, that was, of course, very upsetting. And I had tried to raise money to buy the sweater for the letter. And, well, right. Uh, that was one of the really heartbreaking things. Your family actually asked an aunt to help help yeah, with the money, right? We didn't even like that aunt. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah. So having to, you know, the humiliation, of course, of having to say, you know, never mind. We don't need the money. And uh, it didn't happen. So, you know, you kind of carry that with you. I think it was uh, a very hard thing to to live through, especially for a kid. Yeah. But then I also think it cemented some resolve that um, this was not the th- acceptable to how I wanted to live my life. And yeah. so when I wrote the book, kissmygayass.com, <laughs> if you're interested, uh, you interviewed me, you and Scott, and it was a great interview. <clears throat> And a gentleman named Steve Saxon, who I didn't know, who wasn't Catholic, who wasn't gay. He was actually he's a cantor. Uh, uh, and I think he's a, a practitioner of Tikkun Olam, which is a, a, a concept of Judaism that some uh, interpret as, you know, um, uh, behaving in such a way as to benefit uh, and help people. So mm. it, it's, it's a lovely thing. And he took it upon himself to contact Immaculate. And they were very good. They they checked it all out. The coach is still alive. He's 90 years old. He said, oh, I remember Amiano. He was funny. And, a good, and yes, he deserved a letter. And he was pretty skinny and all that. It was, it was amazing to touch base, you know, but yeah. retrospectively with all that. So the people at the school themselves, they're terrific. The alumni people. And they came up with this idea. Um, and a little later, the archdiocese, which is mostly male, I'm not going to get into the Catholic Church. <laughs> we could talk about that another time. Uh, you know, asked them to cool it because, but they, you know, the train was out of the station. You know, you had done your Oh, they show. tried to prevent it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the New York Times had done an article. Um, so the outcome was, they wanted to come here and present me with the letter and the sweater. Uh, so because of all the ins and outs, uh, ESPN of all channels called interested in this story. So see, it all goes back to your interview. And, uh, uh, you know, boy, ESPN, you know, that, that has a <laughs> Tom, resonance. did you ever think that you would be getting a featured on ESPN? <laughs> they, no, they the were... cooking channel, you know, maybe, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, um, I know they came there last week. Give me a second. I want to tell our listeners we're talking to former California State Assembly member and longtime LGBTQ rights leader Tom Amiano. He received his high school varsity letter 63, 62, 63 years after earning it just last week. If you want to join our conversation with Tom, give us a call at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. You can tweet at us uh, on or come on Facebook or at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. So Tom, tell us about, so last week, it, did it arrive in the mail? And it, who there was a camera crew there, right, when this all occurred? Yeah, it was, it, it, it was the whole Michigas. Um, they showed up, a camera crew, and, and the reporters. I had talked to them before to more or less arrange all this because of COVID. And so they had arranged for the letter and sweater uh, to be mailed, um, I believe to Mr. Saxon. So he present, he was there and he presented me, uh, with the letter. It was wrapped up and then they did a, uh, a filming of me opening the box. It was what we used to call queen for the day, you know, what's in the box. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful product, very well, uh, crafted, uh, varsity, uh, sweater, white, very white. I can't eat marinara sauce now around it. <laughs> Beautiful letter. And uh, it, w- it was exciting. It was touching. It, and uh, it was fun. And then they interviewed me, um, as you are, about all the happenings around mm-hmm. this. And I guess it will be um, broadcast sometimes uh, during Pride Month. Oh, that's and, great. you know, I tried yeah. to use this um, as a platform. Uh, those were some of the boundaries I set with them, you know, where I could address the bigger narrative uh, of, you know, homophobia in sports and uh, all, all the all the things that are connected to this in today's world. Well, uh, right. And it's very timely with all of the bans we're seeing around in other states uh, trying to prevent trans athletes from exactly, competing. Exactly. So, uh, I, yeah. What are you hoping the public kind of takes from this? As you said, it's gotten national attention, the New York Times, ESPN. Um, what's your message? I think overall, it, it, it's in, in times that are very uh, disturbing, post-Trump era and all that, and where's the world going to go? It's a small step of, uh, you know, a feel-good story. Um, and I think people uh, were feeling the need for that. And, um, you know, also acknowledging it's it's a step, you know, it's it, it's not the whole shebang. Um, and the response to it locally and friends and family uh, have been very gratifying. Hopefully it'll lift the veil around homophobia for young kids and, and young people, uh, and even in major sports. Uh, and um, uh, they even uh, initiated a scholarship uh, in my name, which is quite an honor. And the name of the scholarship is Writing a wrong. So maybe through this, this is a great gesture to start writing wrongs like that, especially, you know, when you're younger and things are really tougher to process. Yeah, I mean, you wrote in the book that you you summed up this with really one word that shame, you know, I think shame was a very big deal growing up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. and, and the idea of controlling you through shame. What's your message for maybe young folks in the LGBTQ community who are, who might still be dealing with that kind of shame? 
Well, you uh, you know, especially in the 50s, the feeling of isolation was very pronounced, like, oh, my God, I'm the only one. Um, and I know that uh, even with the net and programs and uh, LGBTQ queer people getting making the news and all that, that I still feel that uh, a lot of young people feel that isolation. And, you know, my recommendation is to reach out. Um, there are more resources now, especially, you know, online and, and through social media. Uh, and uh, 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 things have developed like straight gay alliance various high schools so the the issue has been percolating there's been some advances there uh, there's been some uh, regression you know which is typical with your know, social justice issues but you know uh, in reading this story no this is just one story um, and it, there's a universal message of this doesn't have to happen um, the inclusion is the goal and there are uh, people out there today uh, who act as role models and support groups and uh, uh, it's still not a slam dunk, um, but I think they can take, uh, as Harvey Milk said, uh, a lot of hope um, from stories like this. Yeah, and uh, are you are you wearing that jacket right now? I gotta ask. I, I have it <laughs> on, yes, but it's a little warm. Uh, I probably, I'll post it on, on, on Facebook, etc. I went to a Giants game yesterday. I was almost tempted to wear it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bring it out. I should have because they didn't play well, but we you know we love the Giants. So. Um, this is a, a fundraising period for KQED Public Radio. Um, we're going to take a break in just a second, but um, uh, uh, Tom, I'm curious, like, I mean, Steve, was, was that the first time you had met Stephen Saxon who, who yes. kind of set this in motion? What was it that was like? It was just a, an amazing, uh, you know, coincidence that he was listening to this because, you know, I didn't know him uh, to this show. And he took that on himself to do. I suppose the school could have been hostile or or, uh, you know, ridiculing. And uh, but they actually followed up and verified everything. Yeah. Um, so he was the catalyst. That's great. Um, yeah, we're going to have a when everything is over, we're going to go out and have a dirty month martini <laughs> and is, say you know yeah. mazel tov to uh tikkun olam yeah we're talking yeah. with former california state assembly member and longtime lgbt rights rights leader tom amiano this is a fundraising period for kqed public radio for more information on how to support kqed go to kqed.org i'm marisa lagos and Tom, I mean, Stephen's not the only person who kind of stepped up in this situation, right? I mean, you wrote in the book that even at, in high school, one of the head jocks, the captain of the football team, wrote in your yearbook that he didn't think it was fair. Yeah, that was, you know, uh, the timing is the meets and all the points are gathered at the end of the school year. And then in the next school year, which was my senior year, that's when they had... Uh, the bestowing of the uh, varsity sweaters and and the and and the and the letter, and um, one football player who also was graduating, you know, acknowledged this and wrote in the yearbook, Amiano, you got screwed out of your letter. Oh, wow. uh, came a little late, didn't rectify anything, but I appreciated it very much. So you know, made me think other people knew what was happening here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Always we, important. We want to so know what is one person. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just acknowledging that. We want to know yeah. um, if you're in the audience, what's your reaction to what you're hearing? If you want to join our conversation with Tom, give us a call at 866-733-6786. You can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email us at forum at kqed.org. Um, and Tom, you know, you read about this in the book. We talked about it on the show last year, but that's not actually the first time you've discussed this publicly. I think you brought it up at one point when you were on the Board of Supervisors here in San Francisco. Go. Is that right? Yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, for for politicians, you know, not not only winning your election, but you know, what, what whatever benefits happen from that. And uh, in those days, uh, the top vote getter got to be president of the board of soups, mm. and so there I was. Um, by the way, one of my challengers uh, for the presidency was Gavin Newsom, but that's another interview. So uh, <laughs> there I am, elected. Number one, being sworn in and, you know, you're expected to give a little speech. I'm not one to really prepare. And this story just, um, you know, bubbled up. I hadn't thought of it. And so I told the story. And at the end, I said, well, I didn't get the letter. But getting elected to be president of the Board of Supervisors for someone like me is getting that letter. You know, it's it's on an equal, if not better, footing. So um, uh, obviously, it, it, it's things can get buried, but with the right, you know, the perfect storm, they can emerge again. And I think that uh, most likely fit that uh, that that ceremony. And it was, you know, it was totally uh, improvised. I wasn't thinking of it. Um, you know, as a prepared speech or anything. So. Yeah. We are talking with former California State Assemblyman and longtime LGBTQ rights leader Tom Amiano. He received his high school varsity letter last week, six decades after he rightfully earned it, but had it taken away. I mean, Tom, what do you think, what lessons from your story, from, from the, you know, the life you've lived, the, the advocacy you've done, can the community take um, and use now when we talk about the fight a lot of folks with in the LGBTQ community are, are waging against these um, anti-transgender laws? Yeah, well, there's a time for solidarity, you know. Uh, you know, the queer community, you know, is, is fractured like many, you know, it has uh, uh, with race and ethnicity and gender and class uh, issues. Um, but there are times uh, when we come together and the, uh, that happened after the murder of uh, Harvey Milk and, and George Moscone. It happened when Anita Bryant, you know, was doing her anti-gay campaign. It happened when the Briggs Initiative, the anti-gay initiative. And so now, and in those days, you know, there was no uh, internet or social media. Uh, and um, now we have the benefit of that. So th- there are times to put things aside and it's it's possible to do that. We all don't have to sing Kumbaya at the same time. Uh or you can go back to being dysfunctional after you've achieved something. Um, and, and also do what Harvey Milk always said. Uh, I'll have to leave out the middle word, but, you know, <laughs> connect the dots. Today, people call it intersectionality. Right. But when you connect the dots, you're recognizing other people's disenfranchisement. Probably Mr. Saxon as a Jewish person had that kind of empathy around this issue. Uh, and, you know, work in as best you can in unison with other people who are struggling. And uh, that will really give you victories that sustain. 
Yeah. Keep I want wonder- to humor. Right. (laughs) Just a few seconds left. But you've also I was going to say, I mean, one thing I think you've always brought to this, I watched you in Sacramento, sometimes trying to convince uh, conservatives who may not uh, agree with you on things is humor. Humor helps in these situations, right? Definitely. (laughs) You you got to have hope, as Harvey Milk said, and, and maybe some some humor as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to let you go now. We have been talking with former Assemblyman Tom Amiano. Congratulations on earning that letter. And thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Marisa Lago. Stay tuned for another hour ahead with Katie Orr. She's in for Mina Kim. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary all over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.